connecting to the AOC Podcast Network. Enjoy your stay. Thank you for tuning in to uh, Le Cadeau Podcast. Today, my guest is Roxanne Godo, and she and I have known each other for a few years now, and um, I invited her here to share whatever she would like to share on healing or about healing. So, hello, girlfriend. <laughs> Good morning, Becca. How's everything going? Everything's going well. Well, cool. And thank you for taking off from your busy schedule in life to come and Thank you for having me. And visit. Um, Did you ever hear the CD I made? Do you know I even made a CD? Yes, I do know you made a CD. Did you ever hear it? I think I did listen to it, but I I can't. Exactly. I can't remember. So this is all about that was an artistic expression, and it's called Le Cadeau. And Le Cadeau is about the gift. So today we're going to talk in whatever way comes up for us to share about the gift of healing. Um, but the gift of healing is never, it never shows up in a vacuum. It shows up in a community. It shows up in a group of people. So you and I come from that community, like we come from the same tribe. Okay. Right. So as we come from a tribe in which healing existed, which we may or may not have known or used or acknowledged, and then we do healing today in however we do healing. So that's Tell us something about something from your tribal self. (laughs) I guess I would say um, I'm able to heal through um, through uh, Reiki, um, through massage, um, but it's not me. So let's clear that up. Oh, we got that. It's yeah, flows it flows through me. Right. Now, how do you understand, do you have any understanding of the treter in our tribe? You know, um, being raised in a rural area in Cajun, Cajun country, um, and being raised very Catholic, mm-hmm. um, I, I've heard of it, but I was never taken to one. Exactly. And a lot of people know about it, but it's like it's mystical. And if you know about it, you either should go or you should not go. So we don't have an internal sense of what a treter was. But what you said is very much like how they worked. Because you don't even say thank you because it's not them who does it, it's God. Right. So you're working on that same platform whether you understand that it's a tradition that you were raised in or not, it's not us who does this. Right. It's, you know, we just ask. Now, okay, I am not a quantum physicist, but you do know that what we do can be explained through quantum physics. How? Well, I'm not a quantum physicist, right? (laughs) But when you talk about what they talk about and that everything is made of vibration Mm -hmm. and that the atoms... And the nucleus and the proton and the electrons are all moving, and our vibration affects all of that vibrates. We're practicing something called vibrational medicine, but I'm not qualified to talk about it because I'm not smart like that. <laughs> well, th- this is this is what what I understand is um, I know that as a child I had stomach ulcers, 
Mm-hmm. So I, I believe just like we're able to make a part of our body become sick, mm-hmm. that we're able to also heal ourselves. Were you above or uh, were you older or younger than 10? Do you remember when as a child you were a child that had ulcers? Uh, under 10. Okay. So we don't necessarily make that, but the reaction to how we are living creates that. Illness is something that comes to let us know, hello, we have an issue here. It's not something we create on purpose, but it came to you. It right. became manifest in well, your life. I think it was I an emotion it. that exactly. I was internalizing it, that was causing a wound within me. Right, but like I want to just remove anyone from believing you were responsible for making yourself have ulcers. Right. Because... You didn't do that. My, my son played soccer, and one of the little boys on his soccer team at six years old had ulcers. I'm like, you know, and we and he did, and that's like bizarre, but he did. But it was he he. That's how he reacted to his environment. Something was causing him stress. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. causes stress in one person may or may not cause stress in another. So our maladaptive behavior brings the illness, and then we get adaptive behavior to bring us to health. Does that make sense, what yes. I'm saying? Okay, go ahead. Yes. I just want to try to make people not have a black or white, like, I created this. No, well, right. not really, but but well, we did have an emotional reaction to something that caused us ulcers, you know. Right, it's, and I think that often, often happens. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And so I believe also that... Um, if we ask for healing, that it can happen. Right. Um, and so I think whenever, of course, whenever I perform Reiki or, or through through my touch, um, that that there's a healing that, that can possibly happen if someone's open to receiving it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it has, again, nothing to do with me, but only something that flows through exactly. me. So since I met you, do you remember when we met? Do you remember how old your son was when we met? No, I just remember him being very young. Yeah, and now um, he's a like teenager. he's in he's almost 16. finished. Yeah. yeah. So you weren't doing this then. No, but I, I I have to tell you, since I've been young and I always felt that there was more. There was. Um, Things were different than what what I was taught. I didn't know what it what it was, but there was more, and um, and there was a longing that was constantly in me to find this truth. Right. There is a connection between you and I because of your son. Well, that's what I wanted to say. It's my son when I had him. I was going to ask you how he was a catalyst in this he because was I know catalyst. he was. So go there because I don't know how I know that. Yes, but yeah, that's, that's where what, I want to go. So yes. when when and we I don't have to say him, his name, we don't have to embarrass him. Don't say him, his name. But no. you only have one son, <laughs> and, and I won't be able to talk about him very much because okay. he thinks his life is very private, and it's for him to speak it's about. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. But since he was very very young, he started talking about things that were happening around him. That's why you came to me now, I remember. I was working at the Begno house, and someone told you to come talk to me. 
Yes, I was like looking as for if a I know any, But I mean, what? I don't know anything, but I could listen. And that's when, and I don't remember well, when that you're was. A, you're a link to a community. Exactly. So I was on a road. Right, right, right. I was on a path. But, but, but you were that already because your son was showing things that you didn't know how to deal with and you needed to be able to deal with your son right. and help him to the best of your ability right. as his mom. Right. Yeah. Well, I knew what he was talking about at a young at a young age that he could you know, something was speaking to him that you know, he could he could see things that 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 most people can't see. Right. Um for me all of those things were true. I never doubted it for a minute. I just didn't know what to do with all of it. Cuz you didn't have his same abilities to see. Mine was different. My exactly. ability's different. Exactly. Okay, go ahead. So, you know, things for me to be able to feel someone, which I guess would be um, describes as an empath, but I could, I could, which, and it sounds very strange too, but I could go into someone and kind of pick up what they were feeling. Yeah. Um, so when he started speaking, you know, of, of different things, I knew it was possible because it was possible with me. Right. Because you had a connection to that. I, and I'm just trying to make this clear for m- myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you think you kind of had a sixth sense or you were just intuitive or you just had a knowing about some things that allowed you to accept what he was saying even though you didn't have that same experience? So you could accept what he was saying as real even though you never had those same experiences. Your ability to tune into people allowed you to really know that your son was... I think so. Yeah. It was truth. Oh, yeah, it was truth. It was truth. Exactly. And so it was, there, was, there was no question for me that he was hearing and seeing what he was hearing and seeing. Right. Because I believe with all of me, before he started having these experiences, that all of this existed. Though it was never talked about in our home, I wasn't brought up that way. I didn't read anything on it, but it, I could... I could feel it. And evidently there wasn't a quantum physicist where you grew up. No, there wasn't. All right, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) But he definitely came to me. um, You know, I believe that we choose our parents for a lesson that we're supposed to learn. And he was definitely sent to me for Mm -hmm. a reason. And, And he told me at a very young age, Mom, I feel so connected to you. He said, I'm certain that I was with you in another lifetime. Now, I'm Catholic. I was raising him Catholic. He was going to a Catholic school. There was no books laying around my house that said any such thing. But he told me, he said, I was either your husband, he said, um, he said, or he said, I was your brother. He said, but I was with you before. Exactly. And so as a little kid saying this and nobody around him is speaking about this, then, and it rang I felt the connection too intensely. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was true. It exactly. Was and then where do you go? Because what? I, because that's why you came to see me. You came to see me to find out where to bring your son. Right. And like I didn't know either, you know. But I know that I can listen to this kind of stuff because what's happening today is people that are born with these gifts, these truly spiritual gifts. There's no place in this world for them. Right. There never has been. Because 
you either do this in this church or you do this in this way or with these people. But generally, if if you have this kind of spiritual knowledge, it's so personal and deep and unique that there's nobody to go right. and say, what do I do with this and how do you deal with that? And so when I met you and your son, it was just, I, I, I didn't know where to go either, but you could be with me because I had my own weird experiences right. and didn't know where to take them. But I think for him to be able to speak to you was huge. Was huge for him. Because the only person he ever spoke to about it was me. And he spoke to another person outside of this secret, this this place that we were keeping secret. And you heard him. And it was truth for you that he spoke. Oh, yeah. So, and and you know, with your, y'all exchange, what he said was was something he would never... He would never know. I could have never told him what he said to you. Right. You know? But there's something I believe that it's, it's about a perspective. Okay. At one time, if someone had these gifts, they had the gift of prophecy, whatever you call it, they would have been burned at the stake. Right. Because their knowledge of what was going to transpire could only mean that they were evil. Right. Because they could see what was going to happen, so it was perceived that if they could see it, they were also causing it. Right? So right. we're not going to be burned at the stake. Right. I'm not worried. Joan of Arc was, and a lot of people have been. But so I'm really okay with that. So what's happened in the past few years since I met your son and even before, people come to me and they say, I have this and I have that. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to do, but let's just talk about it. You know, I can just right. say it's okay because I had my own, you know, beyond the four-wall experience, beyond the experience of being an American, beyond the experience of being a Catholic Cajun woman in Scott, beyond, beyond the world as we know it, you know. And so I understand quantum physics touches on that. But I can't explain it like that either. So I can just sit with someone in acceptance and just know that somewhere and somehow they're going to be able to make sense of their gifts. Right. And, and I then, think but you, I don't know where. I mean, I don't have like a school or anything. And that's and so your son was the catalyst that brought you and I together. And then he's been the catalyst to allow you, I think, don't let me say what's not true, to you because we have different perspectives. He allowed you to own the healing you were always born with or understood about. And and because you could affirm his gifts, which even if we don't know what to do with them, they exist, then when you were called to do Reiki or healing or whatever, and now you actually do that openly, he, he had everything to do with that. Right. Absolutely. Because how do you go from the sense of to to publicly laying hands on people without being bizarre? Well, actually, I don't publicly <laughs> lay hands on people. I'm actually extremely private and careful about it. Also, because I feel it's very sacred. I think it's very, very sacred. And so I do protect it, not just because I'm private, but because of the sacredness of it. But you have an office where you do it. Yes, I do massage, yeah. So, so through through massage, you're actually doing healing. Yes. And so it's 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 not something that's still you're wondering about. You're actually practicing it. Right. And when I say public, I don't mean 
but it's but it's it's not just inside of you. You have no, found a way to serve with your gifts yes. as a massage therapist, and underneath that, you know, you're carrying something bigger. Right. Wow. And I think it's it's really it. And I've been hearing this a lot lately. It's been coming up in books and in words and and, and at the and at the, source and where there's music and is that food and drinking <laughs> is that. We're all here for service. Yeah. And, um, you know, these gifts that we have, it's it's not for us. Mm-mm. It's for service. And when you say these things that you understand now, that mirrors what you were taught as a child. But we couldn't incorporate it then. Okay? Yeah. We're, we're here to love our neighbor. We're here to serve where two or more are gathered. Those same basic truths. Yes. Or being lived out today, today as you as you call in source because well maybe the person you're with isn't Catholic, maybe they're Jewish or Native American or agnostic or atheist, but God's there for everybody through you. So you just call in God or source. But when we would when or if we ever take the time to look at the basic principles of how we were raised in a community growing up, nobody in your community was going to starve to death, huh? When you were a child. Right. We took care of each other. Absolutely. We didn't realize how nice we were. You know? Yeah. We, we shared everything. Or before we were born, they bartered. And we were living those principles. So as they come to you now, in whatever form they come, as a child saying things that were not able to be taught or spoken of within Catholicism, you know it's some real stuff. Yes. You know what has wow, helped me that's like, so much is Thich Nhat Hanh. Yes, yes, and yes. reading his book, Living Buddha, Living Christ. Mm-hmm. I was a little lost going to Catholic Church um, because it's uh, their teachings has never rang true to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after I read his book and I went and I sat in church, it, it made sense to me. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. Because we couldn't be taught mystery and facts at the same time. Yeah. There's a mystical experience. There is. But then, you know, you had to be taught to do this and do that and do that. So we have to understand that when we were little, we couldn't understand the depths of what they were teaching us. Right. So if you had grown up Jewish and and then met Tan. If I'd have read Thich Nhat Hanh. Right. It, it, then he would have given clarity to the mysticism you never understood in whatever faith right. you had been brought up in. Because I'm going to say this even though I laugh and say my grandmother would roll over in a grave. God is not Catholic. No, he's not. Oh, my God. But I think my grandmother's essence is in a place where she already knows that, right? right. So God was here for the Jews and the Gentiles and those people who became Christian. So... Because we had to live that way, and now we don't have to live that way. We live in a global world. Right. And so we can have an understanding of where we come from, from a larger and bigger and broader perspective. Absolutely. We don't have to draw a line and say, okay, now I'm not that anymore, and I do this. And and it was through this Buddhist teachings that you got to understand. My Catholic And go faith. back where you – exactly. Yeah. I learned a lot about Catholicism by studying Native American spirituality and 
and seeing it mirror what I had been taught. And so when we look at religion and and its historical perspectives, you know, we had we had earth religions and separate religions and goddess religions and then the Jews created the concept of one God and then Catholics came from that Jewish tradition but we draw a line because we can't be like that, okay? And then Protestants came from Catholics, but then, okay, there's another line. So we have removed the thread of God that is within all of that. Yeah, we've created so much division. Oh, my goodness. And so if we can understand that God is in all of those separations right? and that the seven sacraments are actually based on seven Jewish rites and that the church needed reformation so we can be okay with what needed reform and let everybody be where they're at, you know, if we just all acted like treasures, we could have world peace today, right there. <laughs> but we're not always ready to see a bigger picture. No. But when you get this gift, that you know this gift is beyond these four walls, and you just allow that to be a possibility, even though you serve as a treasure, or you serve as, in whatever way, a mom, or you serve as you teach catechism, or you serve as a Reiki practitioner, and you understand that none of those traditions talked about anything but love and service and compassion. Correct. So as we understood our identity in whatever church or ethnic group or culture we come from, that above everybody's identity is a spiritual connection. Right. Then we don't have to make children who are coming into their gifts live according to this or that. Right. This is some framework, but we understand it's beyond that till they get their own. Well, you know, I think my son is very lucky that he came into a home that he that he could grow. I mean, just as much as I'm lucky to have him, he's lucky to have me, that he's able to open and grow. And I wish that for all children who have have these gifts, you know. Well, exactly. And they and when they come into their giftedness, they're looking for someone. And so basically what I see, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't really know what I do or see what I do in terms of talking to people. Like, do I teach? I can't teach what people already have. I can teach you you're a healer. You were born a healer. We all were. No, but you're a safe place. Well, right. I'm safe because I'm nuts. So that lets <laughs> No, no. I mean, you know, no, people I, can come to you and, and speak to you and you're not going to say, well, that's crazy. I've never heard of that before. Well, what makes you think that? And so they're, they're able to verbalize it. And in speaking your truth, then so many more things start happening. Because you know? I had to do that my own self. Right. I had to look for that my own self, and I went to the Carmelites, and I went to my Monsignor Segura, who is no longer living, who was my spiritual director, who could guide me on the way, but nobody could tell me what was happening. Right. Right? But what I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying is, would you, uh, I'm asking you what I am, and that's dumb, but like, would you say I'm a teacher? No. And do I have a school? No. But do I teach? Well, we all teach by the example of our lives. So, right. so what am I doing? Why am I having this podcast? And I think I'm having this podcast to bring uh, all the possibilities to other people. I'm not having a podcast to create a product or a school. I, I, I'm not sure why I'm doing this. Well, I think you're brave enough to speak out, and you speak very frankly. 
Um, and yeah, and so sometimes you can scare people because you talk loud, you know, you're, you're a big personality, but I think you, you talking and speaking at different, different places, people know that where Becca Begno is, people who do have gifts, it's a place that, that they can gather and they'll find their tribe. Because we don't have to take sides, huh? Do we have to take sides? No. You know, we we don't have to be Catholic or beyond, or beyond, and not, and and then remove ourselves from any religious affiliation. Because when you look at them, they're the same thing. It is all the same you thing. You know, and I have a two granddaughters, and I was doing a book for one of them about, um, and they asked about family. So you think of someone in your family who was a character, right? And so it asks, who was a character in your family? And I had to say everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And so when I infuse humor or things that I do and that I know, it's not about being forceful and imposing, but but an ability to just say, well, that's how it was for me. I don't know how it is for you. It allows people to have a place to be vulnerable maybe. Maybe that's it. I don't know. So what I'm saying is I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know what I'm creating. But my latest calling is to have a podcast so people who have something to share can share, even if we can't put it into words. Right. And so we're putting into words what maybe we never could do before. Correct. Wow. I don't speak about it, so this this is a good place for me to come and for me to start. It's like you my know? house, but not. Right. <laughs> and I'm grateful that AOC has this so that I don't have to be a technical genius or have the money to create all this. Right. And and have a you know, it just happens naturally or, or organically or whatever because I know that the people who are here, like you and your son, have as much to offer as anybody who makes big bucks doing this or is a has a publishing publishing house or has written fifty books because this is the reality of how it happens to everybody. Absolutely. So uh, I'm, I met this this guy once, and he says, why don't you come to something at AOC? And I'm like, well, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to be technical. And he goes, well, I'll help you learn. I'm like, well, okay. And so every time I do this and I do it, I learn a little bit more that I can technically do this. But he takes care of it, so I couldn't have done this without his help. I still live in a tribe and a community. I don't do this by myself. And and he doesn't even buy what I do. But he doesn't have to because he knows that somebody needs this. Right. And then AOC lets it happen for the public and free. So I never have to have money or a real agenda because I never know, <laughs> which sounds bad. I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know what I'm going to say, but it's kind of fun, and thank you no, for No, I think your voice coming across on on the radio and someone hearing this and, and having a gift and not knowing, you know, not having anyone to speak to, not knowing where to begin to find someone to speak to, 
you know, this is this is happening for a reason, and it might just be for one person. But I'm so glad that you're following your path, that you know you're supposed to be doing this. You ran into this guy. He said, hey, come and do this, and you're here. There's a reason why all exactly. of this is unfolding. Because, because the gifts by themselves are scary. It was scary to you when you realized your son had that because you hadn't been able to realize yours, but... And you, you also knew it couldn't be, it couldn't fit into where, into some structural place. Right. So you were able to grow with your son. Yes, yes. And 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 we don't grow. We all grow in different places and in different um, readiness is different for everybody. Well, my gift, I had always just kept it, kept it quiet and and not shared. You know it. It was okay for me. But it wasn't necessarily a secret just because we don't tell people. Well, you know, I thought it was a secret because I didn't tell anybody. That's funny. But um, so I guess with him coming along, it was kind of comforting, too, because I could speak to someone else about it, even though he was a child. But it was so it was so serious to him and true and, you know, real. But, um, you know, it's. It's fascinating the way things it is. It's, it unfolds. It's always unfolding. It's just always there's always more than what we know, and um, I, I just think it's it's incredible. So you still have the office job you had when I met you. Yes, but now you have an office where you offer massage. Right in Reiki. So you have become you you offer massage in Reiki. So you have become uh, more open. You found a place for your gifts that's comfortable for you. Right. And so then you know that your son can find a place with his gifts that are comfortable to him, even though he may never do what you do. No, I don't think he's going to do what I do. But, you know, it's amazing if I look at, at my immediate family that I have several nurses in in my, you know, siblings, and, and I have a sister that's a physician. Like, we're, we're all caretakers yeah. you know um my son may never use it in in that kind of a field to take care of people but i think he'll use it in being compassionate in 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 something somewhere in the world god is going to live through him and use him as a exactly. tool just like he uses so, me i have a friend who is a nurse mm-hmm. and she and i did training in the early 90s which this this was established as healing touch, which is not a general term. It is specific, and, you know, it was a way for nurses to honor healership. And she was a nurse, and her brother was a physician. And when she started doing this, what we lovingly call woo-wee stuff, she asked me to meet with her when she told her brother because she was afraid to tell her brother. That she was doing healing touch? Yeah, because it wasn't accepted in the medical profession. Just like hands-on healing is not accepted in every church if the hands-on part is not something that comes from the church. No institution has a place for us who have individual gifts. So her hesitancy to be able to share this with her brother comes from the same medical thing that was in her family like you, but she was afraid he couldn't accept that. So she asked me to go with her, and he accepted it, but he didn't have to. So what we do is part of religion, Mm -hmm. it's part of science, 
It's part of medicine. It's part of nature. It's part of tribes. But but when it comes to you as an individual, where do you go with it? And so that's, I think, what you and I are doing for our children in our own way. Because my children are way bigger than me. Oh, my goodness. And they all do some sort of healing. Right? Right. But I can't make them or call them on it or say, well, how are you doing this? And when they ask me about it, we talk about it. But I have to respect that their way is not my way. But that it's a way. Right. And we're all on the same page in our own way. But we may never get organized. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. You're still doing service. Right. And so is your son. And 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 my daughter's a nurse. Exactly. You know. And she's doing it, but she, so we just have to hold this, 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 this piece that is ours. Our own giftedness needs to remain, so other people can call on us when and if they need it, and we can understand that they may or may not know. But we all have this giftedness. We do, you know, uh, Cajun people here, uh, and and. And African Americans here and Native Americans here all shared the gift of being a traiteur, right? However that worked, I don't know. But it was also done with animals. Right. So what does your cow know about a belief system? Nothing. Hello. And we want to, we want things to be in systems so we can learn about it in the mind and in the brain and we can understand and and it's not about the brain. It's yeah, about, about service. just trust, yeah. About service. Yes. So, you know, my son had some, um, I don't know, one of his friends brought me a snake to work on. I don't like snakes, you understand? <laughs> I mean, they're real. So I worked on the snake. Our neighbors had chickens. I don't like chickens either. I don't, not that I dislike chickens, but as a child, a rooster jumped on me once, so I have a respected fear of them. So they bring me their chicken. Okay, I do this with the chickens, you know. So, so it's like, who is going to explain? Who could I explain to people that I'm doing healing work on animals that scare me? Or I did it on horses. Or and, and you know and 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 the animals have no belief system, but you see them relax and receive, and you see them getting it. Now, how can I go tell somebody? Y'all should let this happen at your church or in your life because because they're not ready for that. I think people know it exists. That's exactly. why people are bringing their animals to you. But because they can't measure it, because it's not in a book, because it can't really truly be explained, then they're not sure about it. But I'm certain that people believe it or they wouldn't bring their children who are sick or their animals who are sick. Do you know the man who did the movie most recently about Colteo's Choice? His name was Tomas Cav or Cavan or something, and he taught at the university? Yes. Okay. He teaches public history. So I invited him to be on my podcast because he has to be smart if he teaches public history, and he has to maybe know something about this. So I invited him for a podcast. So I'm like, man, tell me what they have in public history for healing. Nothing. And that made me scared. And then he didn't know that much about healing. So I'm like, well, 
this whole podcast could be a rain, a train, a, a train wreck. I mean, because he didn't understand a podcast. I will talk about anything he wants to talk about, but he, so why has there been nothing historically written that we accept about healing in the history of mankind? So when he did this film and he won the People's Choice Award at the cinema on the Bayou, I said, well, you may not know anything about healing, but you do know how to make a good film. And we laughed, you know, because I just knew there would be some historical writing somewhere that this man who teaches history would know. So maybe what I'm doing is bringing forth an opportunity for us to share about healing in ways that can be documented for the future, even if it's just our conversation. Right. I think there are some things in history, but it's probably so few and far between. And I think that it's not there because it is mystical. But I recently learned about, in the past five years, about Hildegard. Hildegard of Bingen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Van Bingen. And so she did a form of healing but I had never heard about her until just, you know, in the past five years. And she was years. totally Catholic. Yeah, she, she was, was totally a nun. A nun, and yeah, and she's been like a, a mentor to a lot of us because she was able to do it within the, 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 the within Catholicism at that time. But what was written about traitors, or what do we know about the healers in your own community? We don't talk about that much. Let's write about it. Right. I think it's still judged. You know, growing up very Catholic, you know, I found out after my grandfather died that that he was a traitor <laughs> years later. Exactly. And so I asked my mother why we were never taken to traitors because they use God, right? They pray over you. And she thought that the people who were traitors, you know, they were you know, not going to confession and they were doing things when they weren't praying over you? You know, how did they think that they could call on God to heal you? And I just thought, wow, wow. And that's a big misnomer because you don't have to be that good to be a healer, right? We're just people. Well, If we wait till we're good enough, nobody would ever do Right. <laughs> and it's not us. We have to move out the way. We exactly. are only a conduit. Exactly. You know? It's bizarre. So we can't write about it clearly while it's happening because we have to pick sides. And so what I understand is we don't have to pick sides. No. And so I come from a place of not picking sides. But knowing where I come from, there's a um, – I can't even think of it. Joseph Campbell. Are you familiar with Joseph Campbell? Yeah. So Joseph Campbell was Catholic, but he studied all the world's religions and he studied a whole lot of things and he came full circle and he went back to Catholicism and he was able to understand and share and show the spirituality and the likeness in all the religions. Okay, but he didn't have to disassociate from his own. He could then turn around and look at his own and the mysticism that it provided before he was old enough to understand what the hell was mysticism. You know, like what is transubstantiation and things that, uh, so uh, it's kind of like healing for me isn't just from where I come from. 
it's everywhere and when we understand that it's everywhere and we respect it everywhere and we understand that the people who don't come from where I come from are not a threat. So, you know, like I have those Buddhist monks that have been coming to my house every year for 10 years. How the hell did that happen? (laughs) You know, like, uh, I don't know. And so one time I, I live across from the rectory and one time I invited one of the priests to come and meet the monk because I thought it would be cool. And and so the priest's response in the email was, uh, are you converting? And then I just felt sad. Like, no. Why wouldn't one holy man want to meet another holy man? And so I just said, no, I'm just being neighborly. And I let it go. And he never came. And I didn't have to be sad, but, but I was sad. But I didn't have to judge him because he didn't see this as an opportunity to see holiness. He had some kind of fear. Maybe I scare him because I don't know. I'm not trying you pray to pray over snakes. I'm not trying to make light. You know, all my family's yeah. buried in that graveyard, and my grandpa helped build that church, and I'm living in the house I grew up in. So why does my having a a guest who comes from the Tibetan Buddhist tradition who wants to come and do cultural exchange and why would he have to think I'm leaving my church? Well, and that's I think it's judging. See, that's why we can't go anywhere with our guests because it doesn't necessarily fit in the church and everybody else's church is suspect. And so we just stuck with it and then we don't know until we get an outlet or at least a place where we won't be judged and then we start from there. So when you providing that for your son, you were able to provide it for yourself. As well, yes. Wow. Yes. And so the last time we met over dinner and music and Yes. Drinks in public. And that's how this came about. Yes. So we don't do it like separate. It's not really hidden between you and I, but we still don't know what we're doing, huh? I know that I'm serving. Exactly. But we don't know what we're doing in ways that we could maybe put it into words, but who cares? Because words limit anyway. Right. So how do you see this being a part of the creativity of the Cajun people? Or how do you see creativity being a part of your service? Because you're creative. You were creating a comfortable atmosphere for your son. You were creating a way that you could parent him without shutting him down or trying to exercise him from this stuff he was seeing. How does creativity fit into what you do? Well, you know, I think I've never looked at myself as being creative, and I, and I still don't. But I think it's just getting out of your own way. All of your, you know, false beliefs and judgments have to be put aside, you know. That's what I think. You can and then cre- it opens you up. Yes, and you can create a safe place, um, most importantly, fear. for yourself. Right. Because it has to start there. Right. Um and then you're able to give it easily to everyone if you can provide it for yourself. But I'm just thinking this. It's safe for you, and we don't have to explain because they may not get it, and we may not explain it right, but we know enough to safely continue to do it. So they may get it one day or not, and quantum physicists may be able to explain it enough to the general public or not, but we are okay to continue to serve whether they get it or not, because we know we're not going to be burned at the stake. Right. No matter how we are perceived. 
And my calling isn't to to explain it or, or write it in a, in a book. I don't feel. Well, I don't think at, mine is either, but hello. At this point, but but I'm following what my path is supposed to be at this point. Exactly. You know? Like, like, and so my buddy led me to AOC and a podcast that goes all over the world. You don't think I ever thought that in the beginning? Like, no. Like, I don't know what I thought, but, and when I met you, and you came to me, and I'm working in Scotty the Bagno house, and I'm just talking about this. Do you think you and I ever thought I ever had a dream or a vision that we would be sitting doing a podcast together? Because no. we had gifted and talented children and bizarre spiritual experiences? <laughs> I don't really think that they're bizarre. I think maybe because I've had experiences since I've been a child that, that maybe it's completely normal to me. But I think lots of people have it that do not speak about it. I think it happens all around us. And for me to say that I have a gift, I don't know that I have a gift. I think I might be in touch with myself. But I think so many people around us have gifts, and they're just not tuning in to them. Because, because, just because, because... We're not because really we can't explain it to because it wouldn't that. be socially acceptable because you just said we're not taught to develop that whatever. No. But the thing is, we don't have what nobody else has. You know, so my grandfather had the the community that he lived in that could support this. We don't have community the way we did, so we have to create our own community. So right. I'm, I'm saying this, and I never thought of this before, but it's kind of like a big thing to say. So we are creating a global community for healing today from here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and when I say these things were bizarre, I mean they were below the radar in the common man's. And it's like you don't have to be that holy to do this. No, no. We're not that good. We're not that bad. We have a human no. condition. Absolutely. You know, when I realized there were so many people around us that, that did it is I went to something at Vermilionville. It was a short film and it was about Tretos. And someone stood up in the audience after the film. It was a question and answer. Was it for what ails you? I don't, or bellies out of the cage? And I don't remember. Was Glenn Pete there? Because he's been on this subject from the beginning. He's a filmmaker. Okay, let me go. It doesn't matter, the film. Maybe so. But someone in the audience stood up and said, "Um, I was just wondering, where is it that I can go to find out or find a traitor? How do I find this? And he said, would everyone in the audience that does healing stand up, please? And... Almost everyone stood up, and I thought we're surrounded by it, and we just don't speak of it. Right, because part of us has to be humble, yes. because it's God and of not course. us. Of and course. you don't serve and sell at the same time. I mean, yes. but you can, but when you start selling a product, then you remove service from what you do. And and it's kind of a word of mouth thing. It's huge. Do you remember if the man had white hair? I think it's because I read so many books and watch so many things that everything right. is just blurred. Do you remember the subject matter? I remember there was a, um, different people that they showed in the film, and one of them was like a really Cajun guy that seemed very uneducated that yeah, did yeah, yeah. treat Okay, that's Glenn Pete. Okay. And there was also a black woman who spoke on the phone? Yes. Okay. It's yes. called For What Ails You. 
and he did that film about treaters. But he interviewed a nurse friend of mine from Healing Touch, a laywoman friend of mine from Healing Touch, and myself from Healing Touch, and he interviewed us. But we could not make that film because we weren't doing something that was Cajun, and we didn't need French to do it. So we made the floor of the editing room, but he understands that there's a bigger picture than what is in our culture. But he could only do what is in our culture because that's what his focus was. And so in doing that, it was huge. It was huge because he sparked a lot of what he sparked right there. And prior to that, he had done the film Bellies Are the Cajun, which was a fictional about someone in the period. But since the period of when Belizaire lived and today, the community shifted. So now what do we do? And so we're doing it, whatever it is, we're doing it. Do you think that our Cajun heritage has something to do with with this or our strong Catholicism background? I think that everybody's culture and ethnicity and faith has everything to do with how they perceive healing. Okay, my grandpa was a treta, and he came to treat me when I was about 10. I had a sunstroke. I asked my mom, is he going to treat me good, treat me bad, or buy me a treat? I didn't know he did that. You didn't have to know, right? Right. It was so deep in who we were that who you knew did this, you knew, and you called him when you needed it. But it was such a humble and honest and servant gift that we never talked about it because it was sacred but not because it was secret so somehow maintaining the secret and the sacred together allowed it to be a part of the fabric of who we were but we also have that fabric in the Native American communities and in African communities and in South American communities where they have curanderos and but 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 because those are so separate and we don't see the God connection, then we can only trust what we know. But yes. And why, if you can sew like your grandma, that's a good thing, even if you never knew your grandma. But you can't heal like your grandpa if he never gave it to you. Why we treated that so different? Because we, because we had to maintain it. And now I believe it is maintained and I believe it is a part of it, but that's as much as I can know about that. You have to talk to somebody smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> that's easy to find. Go talk to a real anthropologist. But, yeah, I believe that. But in every culture, when we tap into healing today, we're tapping into our roots, but we don't know our roots. We have an advantage of understanding about the, the rootedness of the Cajuns and the rootedness of the African Americans that we call Creole, and the rooted of the Native Americans, which we call First Peoples, because we all came together to do this. I don't know. What else would you like to say in closing? Because it's time for us to close. Well, just thank you for this opportunity thank to be you. able to speak to you, and gives me something to go back and, and think about. And We didn't even know what we knew till we talked about it. Really? Right. It's exciting. It's exciting. Well, thank you for coming. <laughs> and thank all of you for listening. And Roxanne and I are just friends who have children in common. Yes, that's right. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Le Cadeau Podcast. I'm your host, Becca Begno. Matt Roberts produced the show. Thanks to AOC Community Media for the use of their facilities. For information about AOC, you can visit aocinc.org. Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup. The views and opinions expressed on this or any program on the AOC Podcast Network do not reflect the views and opinions of Lafayette Consolidated Government, Cox Communications, LUS Fiber, AOC Community Media, its board of directors, or its staff. To learn more about becoming a community media producer, visit us on the web at aocinc.org.